Hello? Hey. What are we what are we talking about today? Well, I think you brought up the idea about talking about raccoons. That starts with R. Okay, so my friend sent me a Snapchat where it like switches all these different animals and then it has a final animal. And then the animal that it chose for me was a raccoon. So I'm a raccoon, huh. guys. I mean raccoons do wash things, that's cool. They're your little little paws. But we want to start with a disclaimer, right, Laurent? Yeah, so this is actually, it's a, this is going to be an interesting um, episode, and there will be quite a few episodes like this. I'm actually calling Anita from Austin, Texas. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Berkeley, California. I feel like those radio shows. <laughs> yeah, but this it's is interesting. This is why this is LDR. This is why this is Let's Discuss R, because it's long distance. Exactly. Um, so we might try a different platform, but right now we're just literally recording a Skype call. So um, yeah, we're experimenting. We're seeing what works. So and I guess second disclaimer is we are not raccoon experts, but we figured you know we just want to keep this podcast kind of interesting and chill for y'all, and just have some things where we nerd out about linguistics and bioengineering, and sometimes where we just talk about whatever, just kind of talk about raccoons and just see where it goes well actually anita i'm not studying french linguistics i'm actually studying raccoon linguistics so i do find my (laughs) i I do think i think i'm somewhat of an expert on raccoons well you really changed majors behind my back changed fields behind my back (laughs) any update on what your boyfriend's studying kids or he'll start studying raccoon linguistics exactly yeah so um do you want to do you want to bring up the uh the articles you found Sure, yeah. So um, one on this link from a scientific recent article that raccoons can identify nearby neighbors, neighbor recognition in raccoons and foxes, um, the Department of Zoology in 1974. Mm -hmm. So basically, they sort of develop different kinds of relationships if they were trapped close together versus far apart, even though they're supposed to be solitary species. So that was some 1974 research. Then another article in Animal Learning and Behavior, 1984, uh, abstract, ahem, this paper reports the establishment of a discrimination based upon the number three in a male raccoon. Following a six-month training period, the subject was able to select a cube containing three objects from an array containing one, two, three, four, and five. Three shall be the number of thy counting, to quote uh, Monty Python. So they can count, they can have friends, and... According to another review article, as the psychology kind of like uh, like animal animal behavior, I guess, um, this is from Cambridge.org, the British Journal for the History of Science. So apparently in behavioral, like animal behavior, they were considering using the raccoon as a model and somebody was trying to be a proponent of that. And apparently in the kind of the history of the field, it didn't uh, pan out. You You know some things about animal behavior, don't you? Well, so, yeah, I mean, I took an undergrad class in animal behavior, and we talked about things like territory and and how how animals can, like, create boundaries and understand boundaries. I mean, a lot of that was done with um, – a lot of research has been done with birds, for instance, who, you, who by um, listening to a particular bird song can distinguish whether the person is an enemy or is friendly – um, you know, the bird. A bird. I'm sorry. Very <laughs> uh, <laughs> good anthropomorphizing, uh, anthropomorphizing animals. But yeah, no. The, but ah, I but, think you're bird anthropomorphizing people. Oh yeah. Um, but but um, 
it's interesting because an, animals are able to like uh, a lot of different animals can um, understand the idea of like neighbor versus enemy versus um, you know uh, familiar. So so it, it uh, that's, a, that's interesting. They found that with raccoons as well. Um, but you also talked a bit about um, raccoons being able to to understand or under not understand but to distinguish the number three or the or like the quantity yeah i don't know why they chose the number three i guess one and two like i don't know how that happens in child psychology whether like like understanding the number three is like a i don't know a a step beyond the understanding of one and two it's like more complicated or something but um yeah i'm not really sure about that either we did also read some articles in this animal behavior class on counting and the psychology of like um you know animals can distinguish shapes i think it, it was in ducks that they were able to like they were able to show that these ducks could understand different shapes and um, distinguish different quantities of things. So, I mean, animals are, are you know, some animals are really good at that. Um, a lot of animals are really good at that. It's a very useful, um, useful thing to have. Um, it's really humans, though, that have associated. Like, I, I really want to eat two fish today or I don't know. Well, I don't know that they necessarily... Um, well, okay, so this is, this is another thing we learned in our animal behavior class was that we can't really understand the consciousness or the, the, the thoughts of animals. We can't infer that they are, um, you know, conscious or self-aware. Um, Too bad consciousness of, doesn't start with R because that's an interesting topic. Yeah, that yeah. is an interesting concept. But I mean, it, th- that, kind of, that kind of idea of um, being able to distinguish different quantities is I mean, it's evolutionarily super useful, but, you know, uh, but it's really humans that have been able to do that with with symbols. So we've created symbols to represent quantities. Symbols and abstractions. Yeah. Of math. Ooh. Right. All sorts of interesting things. But that's an interesting thing to bring up with raccoons. I didn't I didn't I never I've never heard of any studies with raccoons. So it's kind of interesting. You found right out right off the bat. You found three like particularly interesting articles. Google Scholar, man. Google Scholar. That's, That's what I'm true. hoping to learn to do and be better at. Just, just getting started in my science career here. Gotta, gotta. If any listeners have any tips for looking up scientific articles, yeah, just I'd love to keep improving. But um, you said you had a, like a, a story about a raccoon or something. Well, yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I always, I also lived in Berkeley and um, living up in the hills in Berkeley, um, we encountered a number of different kinds of wildlife. We had deers come into our backyard and often I'd wake up and look through the window and just the deer would stare right back at me. Um, that's the wilds of Berkeley folks. Exactly. Um, but I would, I was walking home, uh, one day, um, but it, it was hilarious because, um, we were walking up and, and, and our, and our house in the house we lived in was up on a hill. Um, and we walk up and, and suddenly we hear like scurrying and we look around and it's a family of raccoons. It's like a number of raccoons and they're all jumping through trash cans and, and we look at them and they look at us. And I think you're not supposed to stare at animals like that. It's like a rule. Number one, you're really not, not supposed to, it can anger them. It's aggressive, right? Yeah. It's, it's just a sign of aggression. Um, I know you're definitely dog until it looks away. You're like, I am dominating over you. Yeah. You're also, you're, I know for for a fact, you're definitely not supposed to do that with bears with bears. That's like, that's rule number one. You don't stare at bears. 
Um, but both raccoons, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. And my interpretation of raccoons is, uh, is my impression of raccoons is uh, being very, very aggressive and and terrifying, actually. So we like we kind of see them. It's a whole family of squirrels, and we kind of like walk Squirrel? a little faster. Squirrels, I'm sorry, raccoons. You know the squirrels oh. at Berkeley. Disclaimer: since we can't do a squirrels podcast because it starts with S and not R, guys. Yeah, the Berkeley squirrels are a mood. I'm not surprised you accidentally said squirrels. Yeah, honestly, uh, when I think of wildlife in in Berkeley, they're not wild was, though. Remember that class where someone was domesticated squirrels and it didn't well, count. Well, no, that's this class. That's this oh, class. Oh, really? That was that animal yeah, this, behavior class. Yeah, so this animal behavior class. This is a bit of a tangent, but this animal behavior class had us study an, an animal, and it couldn't be domesticated, um, and you know, study a behavior of this animal. And they in in the description of the assignment said you can't use Berkeley squirrels because they're they're domesticated. They're basically domesticated, which I think is hilarious and sad. And but the <laughs> aren't. So they were hopping from can to can, boing, boing, boing. Oh, yeah. These these uh, these raccoons were all over the place. And we heard hissing. I don't know if it was from the raccoons or That's from concerning. something else. Yeah, so we just start running. We just start running up the hill and just like, you know, we we made it towards the to the door of the house. We, we got back in. I what don't do you know. think would have happened if you hadn't made it, man? I don't know. Raccoons can be aggressive. Another story, I guess, that, that was a bit more interesting was um, I was woken up. This is this is actually back in where I, where I lived back in home. But um, I was we were woken up at like six in the morning by a massive amount of barking. And we realized that it's our dog. And at Just the time, we, your dog is adorable. Well, this, this is not this is this is our German Shepherd, actually. Oh, I never met that one. Yeah, you never met the German Shepherd, but the German Shepherd was barking really loud, and we all go down, and what we see is our dog barking aggressively at the pool, and when we look at the pool, you see a raccoon in the pool, just swimming around, like, I think trying to escape. Our dog was, like, really aggressively barking at this raccoon, and and the raccoon was almost approaching our dog as well. Like it was, I was afraid the raccoon was going to jump out and attack our dog. To be honest, um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I guess we all have raccoon stories. I mean, I think um, our family has a story that I think we went out for vacation and our cat. Um, this was back when we had a cat and she had a magnetic cat door. So if she would go near the cat door, the cat door would open, and then she could go through it, you know, and so it would just automatically unlock for her to go through it. But then when she wasn't near the cat door, it would be locked. So, you know, random small animals couldn't just, you know, walk through our cat door. But a raccoon decided to kind of lock into a sort of staring contest where uh, it and our cat were kind of right on opposite sides of the cat door. And the issue with that is that that unlocked the cat door because the cat magnet was near the cat magnet cat door. Um, oh. And that allowed the raccoon into our house. So, yeah, I guess... Negative review of, of magnetic-powered cat doors, like, they work unless your cat decides to go really close to the cat door and stare at wildlife. Um, but yeah, raccoons are actually native to North America, so um, so I encourage y'all listeners to look up. There's some, like, Native American, like, legends of the trickster fun raccoon I told children and stuff. But today, raccoons are kind of the margins of society, and they're, they're kind of in, they're out, they're cities, they're, they're nature, but... 
they're actually native to this continent, so that's kind of cool. You don't always think about that, you know? Like, you don't always think about the fact that, like, pigeons are, like, carrier pigeons and stuff, you know? And squirrels were domesticated pets, like, rats. <laughs> oh, well, well, squirrels, I don't think, I don't know that squirrels were ever really domesticated as pets or domesticated. No, they no, I mean, I prefer, I prefer our listeners to, um, um, I want to say it was 99% Invisible, but I could be wrong. But there was an episode called Uptown Squirrel, and I loved the name of it, so I never forgot it. Like, Uptown Squirrel. Da, da, da. Anyway, um, they didn't actually play a song uh, that, like, that exactly. But um, learned a lot about the history of squirrels. And, yeah, apparently squirrels were kept as pets by, like, upper-class people who could, you know, afford to, you know, have the kinds of trees they would need. And then apparently kind of as the... The cityscape changed, and there were more of these kind of open parks. It, they tried to introduce squirrels, and there were a couple, a couple failures. It's a really interesting history. I had no idea. It totally changed my view of the American squirrel. But, um, you know, it really was a domesticated organism that was kind of introduced to parks to add interest for people. Um, you know, it wasn't a – I mean, I guess it was native, but it's, like, elusive. I don't think raccoons were ever, like, introduced to the cityscape in that same way. Um, but yeah, I don't think raccoons have that kind of history. Not that I know of, at least. But yeah, raccoons. Yeah, are... again, we're not raccoon experts, but nope. I think they're just sort of like I think they're just smart creatures, and they just adapt to change well. And maybe we all need to learn from that. I don't know. Like maybe we all need to be ready for the next the next thing, so we can make the most of it. Like the the Thenardiers, you know, in in Lame in Lamas, pillaging and plundering and and t- ending up on top. Yeah, that's kind of like how raccoons are these days. What do you think? I, I think that's an interesting uh, comparison. Yeah. Going and down I know with, like, with ecology too, like, you know, for a while, you know, the study of ecology was the study of um, specifically um, like the ecology of like only like forests and like undisturbed nature. But I know that um, more and more um, you hear about like urban ecology. Um, and I know I've been looking at papers about like microbial communities and like different things. And it's really interesting to see you know, raccoons are part of, like, the cityscape ecology, and I think scientists have, in, in recent years, started to be less, like, you know, undisturbed nature is the only ecology, and be like, you know, like, human habitat is, like, part of the habitat, so, like, there are microbes, microbes are cool, um, you know, and raccoons, and insects, and birds, and, you know, this whole um, web, and it's, you know, it's not as as ancient, and as established, and as complex, necessarily, as, like, a rainforest, but it's, it's there, you know, sometimes you're just not expecting something, you're not looking for something, you know, you're like, this isn't the kind of place where there'd be, like, a web of life going on, but, you know, there is. That's and fascinating. raccoons do have masks. Well, yeah, they kind of look like masks. <laughs> I wonder if that's the original inspiration for superhero masks. Just think about it. To look like they were not wearing a mask, a raccoon would have to wear a mask. I'm not following you there. What like do you if mean? If a raccoon wanted to feel like its whole face was gray and it didn't look suspicious like a thief in a mask, then it would have to wear a mask. Like a gray oh, mask like, over its black oh, mask. To, you know what I'm saying? Right. To, 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 <laughs> to mask the, the, the mask. I feel like that's, like, a lesson to be learned, but Wait, that maybe kind of not. Reminds me, that kind of, like, reminds me of, have you seen this, like, it's a photoshopped picture of a panda where, like, the black circles around it, it a panda's eyes have been, like, photoshopped white. So it, it looks like the eyes are really, really tiny, and you see it just, like, the rest of the panda. It's just very off-putting because we're so used to seeing pandas and the way that pandas look, and all of a sudden you see this photoshopped panda. I would imagine that's kind of the same reaction you'd get from, like, raccoon with like without the mask yeah oh <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, you know, sometimes a mask is something that makes you, like, stand out, but sometimes a mask is something that you, you know, you wear to try to be more similar to what you think you want to look like. This was a short episode on something that we are neither of us are experts in, just for your listening amusement. Right, Laurent? Yeah.